And so let me ask you to stand for 1 Samuel 7, chapter 7, verse 7 to 12. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because uh, he, the Philistines, they said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hands of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I've chosen this scripture today because it is a scripture that speaks loudly of remembering. This story takes place somewhere around 1000 BCE. 1 Samuel is one of the books that were known as the prophets. And the prophets were the ones who were trying to interpret the law that was given to them to the people of God. And our scripture has God speaking about something special because in 1 Samuel it begins with Samuel's birth, how he grows in wisdom and God's blessing, how he becomes the prophet. And you see, it's been decades since God has spoken. Nobody's heard from God. God seems far away. And then the Philistines come and they attack Israel and they take the Ark of the Covenant and they leave with it. And that turns out to be such a bad experience. They give it back. And then there's this battle that the Israelites win. And Samuel takes a stone and says, Mark this moment. Look what God has done. And that moment reminded them that God is with them in their needs. And here you are celebrating 200 years because it's a time to remember. Remember what God has done. In Samuel's time, he placed that Ebenezer as a testimony to who God is. It was a recognition of the help, and he wanted them to not forget what God has done. It was an enduring moment to perpetuate the memory. Look what God has done. Some of you know that word Ebenezer, and most of us know it because of a hymn. We sing it on a regular basis, right? Come thou fount of every blessing. And the second verse begins, 
and here I raise my Ebenezer. The author who wrote this in 1758, Robert Robinson said, his life was going in a terrible direction and he was going places he knew he didn't need to go. And somebody invited him to a service where a famous man was preaching, a fellow by the name of George Whitfield. Methodists know that name because Whitfield and Wesley were such good friends. And he said that when Whitfield preached, he realized life could be different. And so when he wrote the hymn, he said, I raise my Ebenezer as a reminder. Look what God did in my life. Because that's what remembering does. We remember what God has blessed us with. It's a, it's a time like a birthday celebration. We celebrate birthdays with cake and ice cream and candles. And we celebrate because you were born that day. And, and anniversaries. Most of the time we celebrate those, don't we? Every once in a while something comes up and this is not the year to celebrate. Maybe we need to get the wedding video out and watch it and remind us, yeah, we're still together. But it's a remembering of something. You know, if there was one thing that I could change of my ministry, and I've been pastoring for 42 years, it would be this. A lot of ministers, when they baptize a baby, light a candle. And they give that candle to the family and say, every year on this date, light the candle and remind your child, God made a promise that day and you're remembering. Because a lot of kids grow up and say, I don't remember my baptism. I want to be baptized again, which we don't agree with. And there are theological reasons. But if we were teaching them every year, this is your day. God promised on this day. Remember? And it's in the remembering we recognize who God is. Because in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they have short memories. And so do we. So remembering helps us. I have a lot of memories from my time here. The staff, uh, Ken Hughes, who just retired this year from pastoring, Watkins Memorial in Louisville, Fran and some others. I remember when this renovation occurred in the late 80s and we had to move to what was then known as the old Sears building because they had to take asbestos out of this part at the tune of $125,000. And when it was built, it cost $125,000. So just to get the asbestos out was the same cost. So we go over there and there are some people not happy we're over there. But you know what? We start having a blast. <laughs> there was a family, the Wallace family, whose son came in from California to have his child baptized. So we were standing in the old lingerie section <laughs> baptizing this baby. It's a funny memory, but it reminded me of those services, doesn't matter what room you're in, God moves. 
That's what memories do. They enlighten us to who God is to help us to move into our future. Because life is not a hundred yard dash, it's a marathon, right? And we know there are times that it's very dry and it seems like God is far away. But if you remember what a difference it makes. And there's even a litany in the Old Testament that they used to help remember. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When they wanted to remember who God is, so often they would say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, early Methodist pastors, circuit writers, believed journaling was a spiritual discipline. And so they kept journals to remember, to write down events so that they could be reminded, look what God did here. Look where I struggled here. And now looking back, look what God did. How amazing God truly is. And I encourage people, especially in their grief, to keep a journal. Because grieving is like climbing steps. You go forward two steps and then all of a sudden you go back three. And you think you're not getting any better, but you open your journal and you see, you know, on that day it was a pretty good day. There'll be more pretty good days in the future. It's an amazing thing to mark what God has done. And it reveals to us who God is and encourages us to move into our future. You remember Jesus' famous words after serving Holy Communion? Do this in remembrance of me. We remember what he does and it helps us to focus the problem is sometimes and i know this doesn't ever happen here sometimes in churches they live in the past they remember and wish it was like it once was like when i was here the football coach at western was a fellow by the name of dave roberts once a year he brought the football team to State Street United Methodist Church. We always had to make sure the pews were a little reinforced on those days because they were some big fellas. Wouldn't it be nice to have them every Sunday? But the memory of one man saying something to his players that this is important and we're uniting as a team to go to church together stood out for me. It was a memory but we can't get caught up in it you know part of what counseling does and some of you are more familiar with this than I but part of what counseling often does is to try to take somebody back to their childhood and relive a memory and see it with your eyes of today instead of the eyes you saw it from then because what you may remember is not maybe exactly what happened or how you interpreted it can be different. You can't just live in the past. Memories are designed to help us to live into the future. Which means if I became a Christian singing Kumbaya and pass it on, 
Shouldn't everybody be singing Kumbaya and pass it on? That's how I became a Christian. And I hear people say, I don't like this music of today. I don't like this contemporary music as much. But God's using it. But God's still using the music of the past for God's purpose. You know, when Billy Graham first started preaching, he was a hellfire brimstone preacher. But he saw the change in America and he quit living in the past and moved into a new future. That's what memories are designed to do for us. The problem is we get stuck. One of my favorite examples I've ever heard a preacher share is, do you know why Moses didn't get into the promised land? Moses was forbidden by God to get into the promised land. Because Moses said to God, we've never done it that way before. We've never done it before. Because what he's referring to is in Exodus 17, they needed water. And God said, take the staff I gave you and strike the rock and water will come forth. And then later in Numbers 20, God says, this time, speak. And Moses didn't. He took the staff and he struck the rock. And God said, because you weren't willing to be faithful in front of my people, you will not enter the promised land. Because he got stuck in that moment. It was such a special moment and such a powerful moment. He wanted to relive it again and again. And that's not what memories are for. That's not what an Ebenezer is for. It's to remind us, look what God did. Look what God did. And so we must become sensitive to the Spirit. We must continue our journeys. One of the things that I feel like I've learned in my ministry, and others of you in ministry probably can agree, I was about 14 when I became a Christian. And at church in Lexington, Trinity Hill, some of you know that church, it was Youth Sunday. So I was asked to read a scripture on Youth Sunday which I did, got a nice response. People thanked me. Next year, you Sunday rolled around again. Ted, this year we want you to say a prayer. Oh, I've worked on it. I, I spent all week getting ready to say my prayer and got up. And afterwards, I had people come to me and say, that was, that was special. Thank you. Keep doing that. The next year it came around, Ted, we need a speaker. Would you speak? Well, yeah. And afterwards, have you ever thought about being a minister? And you see, what I did was I would take a step where I thought God was calling me and something would happen. A memory, an Ebenezer event would occur and so I would take another step. And there were some steps I took that I came back and said, no, that's not it. But that's what the Ebenezer is about, is remembering and seeing who God is to help drive me into my future. And State Street United Methodist Church, that's who you are. Because you're making disciples. You need to remember. It's hard for me to come into this sanctuary and not look in this area. My three years here 
there was a dear couple, Bob and Shirley Wilson. Many of you knew them. I'd come in every Sunday and I'd sit down and I'd look up and Shirley would just grin from ear to ear. She was such a sweetheart. And I know, Leo, you worked with her. I think she had two jobs in her life, working for the IRS and the draft board, and yet was one of the most amazing people. I remember Shirley, and I pray that when the day comes and I retire, and I'm sitting out there looking at a minister up here, that he or she will look at me and I will smile and let them know, I'm on your side. Because that's what Shirley did for me. So today, I celebrate with you 200 years. There are memories galore around this property, out into this community, and out into the world. But don't just hang on to them. Let them drive you, knowing that God is with you. Now, now that it's been 30 years since I preached, I got a lot of sermon illustrations that I really would love to share with you today. And I hope I haven't given you both barrels because I've been kind of fired up and couldn't wait to get here. But I want to tell you one of my favorites. And you probably have heard it because one of your pastors may have shared this along the way. One of the most famous preaching professors of the last 40 years was a fellow by the name of Fred Craddock down at, uh, in Atlanta at Emory. Fred Craddock was vacationing at Gatlinburg. And if you get up in the morning for breakfast, where do you normally go in Gatlinburg? Pancake Pantry. So he and his wife are sitting there and they're talking and the waitress gets to talking to him. And he says he's a pastor and he teaches pastors about preaching. Well, there was a fellow sitting right next to him who said, you're a preacher? You teach preachers? He said, yeah. He said, I got a story for you. You want to pass along probably. So there was this boy born into a small town in Tennessee. And his mother, nor anybody else in the family or in the town, knew his father was. And so they made fun of him. The other kids would say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? It brought him tears. He was teased about it. One day around the age of 12, he was on his way home from school, and he walked past where they were putting up a tent for a tent revival. And as he's walking by, this man says, Hey, you know who your daddy is? And he's like, Even if somebody I don't know is asking me. And the man says, You come back tonight to our service, and you'll find out who your daddy is. So he said, that boy came back. And he heard who God was and what God had done. And that night, he gave his life to Christ because he knew who his daddy was. The man said to Fred Craddock, isn't that a great story? He said, yeah, thank you. So the man gets his ticket and goes to the front to pay. The waitress walks up and says, do you know who that was? Said, no. Said, that's two-time governor of Tennessee, Ben Hooper. His autobiography is entitled, Unwanted Son. But one night, 
He learned who his daddy was. And that memory sent him into a future that was God preferred. And that's what Ebenezer's do. I thank you for allowing me to be here, but I thank you more that I get to come back. So many blessings, so many Ebenezer's for me. And it reminds me once again how great our God is. Let us pray. Great and wonderful God, how privileged we are to stand on the shoulders of so many who came before us. And Lord, we also know we are trying to stand tall so others can stand on our shoulders and your kingdom and your disciple-making can move forward. I thank you for this church. I thank you for how they have made such a difference in this community, in this world, but even more so in my life. I am blessed to have been here and to continue to remember all that you have done. Lord, I know everything wasn't great when I was here. There were problems. But God, you did some amazing things that remind us in those difficult times who you are. Bless your people as they remember and they look to where you are calling them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.